Hello, Bonsai friends. This is Evan Pardue of Underhill Bonsai, and welcome to episode 39. Wait. <laughs> Wait. <laughs> I... What episode is this, Carmen? Um, 25. 25? Hmm. Mike, I have a feeling that we're on the wrong episode number right now. I have a feeling maybe this is the 40th. This Is this the 40th one? No. You can bleep that out, Matt. No, sh- no, no way. Like, uh, you know, on the previous episode, I was so ready for us to hit that. It's like this landmark episode. We already hit 30 and I was not excited about it, but I made a huge deal about it. And That's because totally... 40 is the new 30. It is. Oh, man. I can't wait to turn 40 now. <laughs> just, yeah. just thinking about it anyway. Yep. So anyway, well, welcome to the actual episode 40 of Little Things for Bonsai People, the podcast. And this time I'm joined by my co-host, Carmen Leskovienski. Hello. How's it going? Excellent. Thank you. Very well. Yeah, that was a 10 of 10. (laughs) That's a 10 out of 10. Hello. Uh, And also, if you guys haven't noticed, uh, we got Mike Lane of uh, Kitsune Bonsai. How's it going, Mike? Hey, guys. How's it going? Thanks for having me. Yeah, dude. We're always thankful to have my boy, Mike. How you been? You've been traveling around and stuff, man. You've been real busy. I have been. I have. It's uh, I today was my first day off in uh, in a few weeks. So it's uh, it's pretty nice. It was a pretty good day off. I just got back from California. So it was uh, that was a cool trip. Yeah, dude. We can we can talk about California a little bit if you want. Uh, yeah. But before we get into that, though, I need to mention that this podcast is sponsored by our amazing patrons. We call them our Boneside Best Buds. And man, are they just just the most awesome group of people over in our Discord, doing the uh, the cutting challenge, supporting the show, talking about Boneside, talking about other things that they like, that they're interested interested in, that they're finding that they share between each other. I mean, dude, building like a little Boneside community, it's just the best feeling. So, uh, but yeah, let's start the list off with Tori Solis, Vicky Off, Warehouse Rat, Boyd Snellgrove, Ricky Ruins, Joshua Bentley, Snappy Chappers, Ryan Giordano. Joel Jenkins, Justin Knight, Backyard Bonsai Australia, Green Witch Gardens, Taylor Peacock, Chase Bertweet, Austin Atkins, Karen Codswell, Urian Inn, which is uh, that garden over in Australia. And we have two new, brand new patrons between the previous episode we just released and this one, which we're actually recording this episode a little early. And we got two new patrons. Thank you guys so much. Yay! Luis Torres and AC Castle. Yeah, what's up, AC? Welcome to the Bonsai. Yeah, dude. What's up to Lewis and AC? How are y'all doing? Like, can't wait to talk, chat with y'all in the in the Discord. Post pictures, post questions, post critique trees, whatever you guys are working on with Bonsai related, we want to see it. And uh, also, shout out to our editor, Matt O'Donnell. O'Donnell, dude, you're a saint. You're a winner. You're a true player, dude. You know what you're doing over there. Matt's over there editing our podcast, Nashville, Tennessee, bass player, uh, music producer. He, If you have a project you want to work on, pa- podcast, or you have music, he can help you out. Go over to mattodonnell.com. That's O-D-O-N-N-E-L-L.com. Matt O'Donnell. Got it right this time. Yay. Go uh, go over there. Check him out. He's got contact form if you want to do a project. With Nailed him, so. it. Yeah. I, I actually laughed out loud in the studio when I was listening to his edits on the last podcast. I just oh like God. started cackling. <laughs> <laughs> so great. Yeah, we need to bring Matt back on just to be part of this. The... More of that, please. Yeah, That's just get him good. just chatting in the background. Yeah. 
but he knows how to bring the humor to the editing side of it. Uh, mm-hmm. But yeah, uh, this is a commu- this is going to be a continuation of our previous episode that I feel like uh, Mike, you got kind of left out a little bit on. I th- feel like this is a good topic that I think you would get into. We're talking about forest plantings. Oh. Oh, oh, oh. okay good good so you just might like forest plantings just a little bit huh no well to the contrary oh 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 yes you don't like forests um forests are probably my least favorite of all bonsai forms Uh, why is that i this is going to be a debate episode let's go because they're hard (laughs) because they're hard they're really really hard they're really really hard to teach a forest class so um, I have a, a, a horror story uh, when I f- taught my very first forest class and I, my very first and my very only forest class. And I will never teach a forest class again. Oh, no. And uh, yeah, Sorry I mean, they're beautiful. I, I love forests and, uh, you know, I would love to own one if the if a good material, if I kind of saw a good material. And I'm really thinking of making like a redwood forest now. Mm. But, um like not with you using actual redwoods, but using cypress as like simulated redwoods, uh, yeah, but with the redwood aesthetic. Pretty good redwoods, yeah. Yeah, and so, um, but no, uh, forests to me, like I have serious PTSD from like <laughs> doing forest classes, the one and only. And um, and then you know, usually just the difficulty that comes with balancing trees, especially like. A lot of times you you get students that bring trees that aren't necessarily the best trees to make forest planting out of, and yeah. uh, and then mm-hmm. it's just really really difficult, you know. You gotta maybe dash they're... their hopes. Mm-hmm. Well, not even dash their hopes. You just work with it and you try your best, and it, it never quite comes out looking the right way, you know. Like usually, mm-hmm. if all the trees are similar size, like big trees, I, that's a common thing is where every tree is like the same thickness, and they're really really fat trees. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, I yeah I don't know I'm pretty pretty particular and so I don't mess with forests unless I really see that I have bulk material that of varying sizes that I can really make a cool composition with. Mm-hmm. Yeah, y'all heard that we uh we we broke Mike Lane on this episode. Wow. Yeah. yeah. That was easy. <laughs> yeah. No. I um I'll just tell you guys the story is. I uh I was when I was first starting teaching and so we would teach these styles classes and we would go over every every you know weekend we would do like one weekend we do cascade class and one weekend we do windswept class and it was my job to kind of learn the material and then teach the class and so Eric had me make like two no three three forests for the nursery before he was like okay you can teach the class so I made three like I made a hackberry a rain tree forest and something else. And they came out really good. They were cool forests. So I was really happy with them. I was having a good time making forests. And then we had a, uh, we decided to have forest class and um, I had eight students and, you know, I started going around the room and, you know, I checked on one student who I'd seen in class before numerous times. And I was like, okay, uh, are you okay doing the rest of the work until I come back around? She was like, yes. And so anyway, I was gone for way too long. So, you know, if anybody who's waited tables knows the feeling when like tables are waiting for you to get there. Mm -hmm. And it was like that same kind of feeling where I could feel the eyes on me. Mm. And I knew I'd been gone for way too long. So I finally get back around. It's been over an hour and a half probably. And, uh, and so she's got the whole thing almost done. 
you know, like the whole thing's put together. I'm like, wow, you know, you did all this on your own. And she's like, yeah, yeah. I'm like, okay, great. Let's start tying it in. And so I didn't really check her work or anything. And I go to start tying it in. And every time I tighten the wire, I see soil fall out the bottom. Oh, and I'm like, no. what's going on with that? And so I keep pulling the wire tighter and tighter and more and more soil keeps falling out the bottom. And what had happened was I had been gone so long, she meshed the pot and put the tie-in wires in, but she had put the tie-in wires in like through the mesh in such a way that as you tighten the mesh, it pulls oh, no. the, yeah, as you tighten the wire, it pulls the mesh out. And mm. so we, we essentially, I'm already like super in the weeds. And then we had to like deconstruct this entire forest and, um, she was I had to just stuck some duct tape on the bottom and been like, you know what, we'll just deal with this once it's rooted. Yeah, we were we were gonna <laughs> try to, but then you know, I was inexperienced at the right. time. Yeah. And, um, you know, it was also they were getting mad at me and stuff. Oh. They were like, Well, you were gone so long. And so I was like, All right, well, here's the answer. No more forest classes. We're done. <laughs> so um, shut it. I didn't down. say that to them. I didn't right. say it to them, but in my head, I was yeah. like, This is it, we're never doing this again. And uh, so we got through it, you know, whatever her forest, I'm sure was fine. But, um, you know, I never saw that student again. And that's always stuck mm. with me. That's always Aww. been something yeah. that that's yeah. uh, lingered. So, you know, hopefully I'll, I did a forest demo for Austin, you know, that was fine. And mm. um, I'm fine kind of when there's one forest to compete with, but eight forests sure. going at one time. Oh, Lord. That's, or or even when hard. people bring them. Yeah. When people bring them to like bring your own tree workshops, it's like, oh. Yeah, tough day, tough, tough day at work. Forests are great for demos. I think that's like, yeah, maybe where we keep them unless you're doing like a one on one or small oh, group. Right. How whole workshop full of forests is kind of be so Oof. hard and it like, was, yeah, oh man, I think it was a lot for those out there that, that are thinking about doing, let's say like for an example for like a um, bonsai club that wants to do a forest planting workshop and they're gonna have a featured artists come along i think one of the things if there's anyone's listening out there uh that is in this position to get the materials to source the materials and make sure that they're all from a bulk stock like mike had listened i mean uh had mentioned way earlier um mm -hmm. and you could have a lot more success with that because bring your own tree style forest plantings yeah that i can imagine dude that sounds like a nightmare that can um, just be tough when you're balancing time and you know, you can't leave somebody who's never done a forest to do it on their own. You know, mm -hmm. there's very few things they can really right. do other than prep the trees. And yeah. uh, and even that, you know, they, they're limited because they've never dealt with it. So usually mm -hmm. they, they require a lot of time. So it's it's tough. But, you know, being part of it, being an instructor is a lot of that is adapting to the situation and just just getting through it, you know, surviving the day. For sure. Yeah. So, so everybody listening who's going to have, have people like us out be nice we're trying our best <laughs> <laughs> no, no I, i'm like foreseeing my future as doing we, some traveling and some instructing and like oh god please be nice to me no they're nice everybody's really nice <laughs> but you know sometimes i i have had some some really difficult projects but those are the sure. ones that I, that i've probably grown the most from and like oh for it's, sure it's hardened me the most so aside from the forest one that has made me very scared of forests <laughs> yeah. When Mike walks in and he sees a forest planting in the bonsai hall, you have like that thing where your face goes blank and you like hear like I the do. war sounds in your back in the background. I do. No, everything like slowly goes, backs away. I just, I just hear ringing in my ears. So I'm just... <laughs> <laughs> 
Yeah. Oh, no, man. It's... I'm sorry to bring up that deep memory. This episode's just about forest plantings, man. I'm so sorry. <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't. I, 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 I actually really like forest plantings. And one of the things that, that I have after my trip to California is like a completely new understanding of like the physiology of, of trees and um and seeing the redwoods was like probably the coolest thing that oh my god right the coolest trees i've ever seen yeah, you know, yeah. Right. you took a picture you and you the... were out there like what yeah. part of the forest was that mirror woods so we went to mirror woods and uh is how how north did you go it's it's just the north of san francisco oh okay so right where you start getting into like heavy redwood area yeah. and um oh so we god. went to mirror woods and one of the things I noticed that's different than what I always teach and what made me want to make a forest too and rethink a lot of things is the redwoods don't have, we're always taught that your first branch should be your biggest branch, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, that's that's only for certain trees mm-hmm. because the redwoods always, every single branch on them is an immature branch, nine out of 10 times, no matter how old they are, everything's worked up to the top. Mm-hmm. And so what happens is the low branches are always being shaded out. So the low branches are always like like basically dying off and becoming gin. And so you have this like big, tall, tall, tall tree with tons of like little stubby gin going up to where you finally get to immature branching. Mm-hmm. And uh, it a, made me rethink like what is an appropriate bonsai design. And it also um, made me want to rethink about making a forest, you know, making a I want to remake mirror woods. That's really what I want to remake. Oh, that Yeah, that was uh it felt so much like going to, I put this in my Facebook post, but it felt like stepping into like a church or a temple yeah. or somewhere, somewhere very sacred, you know, like mm-hmm. I vape, I, I do this tobacco vape thing and I couldn't even do that. I couldn't even like bring myself to vape in there. Yeah. It was just like, yeah, it just felt so dirty to do it in that, <laughs> that area, you know? And um, it felt, it felt like, disrespectful to be loud you know it felt it yeah. was so <laughs> such a, a, it a is weird like a church, experience yeah. it really was yeah and nobody had to really tell you that it's just like a feeling you get when you step in there like i'm amongst like ancient beings and uh yeah it was crazy that was my experience too and like i remember just we were in the hollow trunk of one and it was just like i would live in this the trunk of yeah. this tree if i could and then the other time we kind of pulled off the highway just to, to well, it wasn't a highway. It was through the Redwoods, but we pulled off and kind of walked down this little trail and it was just completely silent. You couldn't hear right. anything except like a raven a little ways away. And even that was so quiet. And then you just, there's just like this tingly feeling. Yes, like I just never I wanted to leave. I was no. like, oh my God, this is yeah. it. This is. Yeah. That was where, that's what I thought. I was like, this Amazing. is the most magical place I've ever been. This is yep. like. Yeah, so it was it was so something cool. weird, something weird there for sure. I just got shivers. Oh. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it's something. Uh, if you can get a chance, Evan, to see the redwoods, oh, dude, uh, that is on my bucket list for sure. Yeah. When you tell me the habit of redwoods and the way you describe that, it's very reminiscent of like what a bunch of old growth bald cypresses will do, it but is. in a much different manner because they can get so much taller without interference of like obviously of like hurricane winds or anything and uh and they're the redwoods honestly the way i i kind of saw them as as giant cypress man they're the same tree yeah. well they're, like, the, they they're really the same are. family yeah it's they like are. as if they evolved from that strand when being right. on the west coast versus on the south shore here e- exactly and, and um, what they tell you sorry i didn't mean to cut you off no, what you're were good, you saying? 
No, I was just uh, I was just reminiscing about cypresses and I was gonna bring up too about how you guys were talking about going into the like the temple or the church feeling. I know yeah. you feel this too because you you have them near you, the the live oaks. Oh yeah. When you walk under a live oak and you feel the weight, I can feel the breath moving in and out of that tree. Oh, especially a really big old live it's oak. It's such a strange feeling, but I when you said that, I was like, that's that's I I didn't know that other people were experiencing that feeling that I have. Oh like yeah. That. It it's it's dope. Like we yeah. were saying in the previous episode, we do bonsai for for a reason, and this is probably why we do it because we love forests. You know, that's what we were mentioning in the previous episode. Yeah, yeah. love forests. If you haven't read the Overstory, you have you have to read it. It was like the first time that I read a book that was kind of talking about the same stuff we're talking about. Where how like I was like, oh my god, people feel about trees the same way I do, and like there's a point in it where. I had to stop because I was like crying and it was just the worst. Yeah. But, to yourself. Um, <laughs> I was like, oh my God. But oh my God, you have to read it. It is amazing. Which book is that? The Overstory. The Overstory. Yeah, By I who? need to check that out too. Yeah, it's like all these different characters are interacting with trees in different ways within their lives. And some of them end up kind of coming together and some of them don't. But it's so, 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 so good. I can't remember who does it. I think it. I actually have that book the somewhere. The Power of Google. Richard something. Richard I can't remember his. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. Richard yeah, I Powers. think I have that somewhere. That's how that's about like people who talk about how trees have basically changed their lives like in different ways. Like like kind of. It's I think it's fiction. But yeah, there's one oh, okay. there's there's a story about um about the redwoods and oh my god. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's, it's actually pretty recent. It's 2018. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah, then I don't own that. <laughs> Everybody read it. We'll have a book club. Out. Yeah. Well, We'll have to start a bonsai little thing for bonsai people book club. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, I like the topic of forests, though. So I'm I'm happy we're talking about forests. And um, so, what did you guys talk about last episode? So we uh, we were just kind of going through like the basic outlines of how to begin to construct and support a good forest. And so yeah. we were mentioning yeah. how there should be different spacing between each tree. Each tree should be slightly smaller bigger than than each other tree um the heights should be different to in some shape or form depending on what type of force you're trying to uh trying to show Mm -hmm. uh yeah because sometimes like i was saying you could have a a very close up forest or you could have a far away forest you could have a a youthful forest or an old growth forest um and then we were also mentioning how forest plantings have different species there's a lot of um a lot of considerations to make for different species versus different characteristics. Um, and also when you build forest plantings that certain numbers matter. So if you build forest plantings, I've heard, I don't know how true this is where I got this from. I heard this from one bonsai person to the next, you know, everything's passed down in bonsai culture that, that you want to use odd numbers and you want to use non divide, like you want to use prime numbers, uh, numbers that are whole according I've to also- the I've also heard that that's that's only up until the number is indiscernible. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, like, if you get you up to like, if you're up to a hundred trees, there nobody's going to count that. It doesn't out, even matter you know? anymore. Yeah. It doesn't you matter just, anymore. You're just like enter this infinity with it, basically. Right. Yeah. Um, and then we kind of were getting into the point where, um, what was? It? Oh yeah, the different groupings. So, like, if you're going to make a forest planting, the easiest way to do it is to break up your forest planting into smaller forest plantings and then piece mm-hmm. them back together. 
Yeah. It's a, it's a really nice way to do it. And then Carmen brought up this really awesome thing that Michael Agadorn does where he takes a handful of like buttons or coins and he throws them on the table. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and- it's the coin toss exercise. So you create randomness by just taking a handful of whatever and those represent your trunk. So if you have dimes and pennies and quarters and nickels, you know, they're all different sizes. Yeah. And then you just kind of toss them randomly and take a photo of it. And that can be your layout because it creates this randomness and this chaos that we can't really do with our brains because we're always trying to organize things. I and like so, and yeah, from that, you can, you know, delete if there's things overlapping or stuff you don't like, but do it, you know, five or six times and see what, what happens even just to play around with or to, um, you know, draw some top down views of, you know, where your trunks could go and what sizes they could be and all this different stuff. So uh, it's a really, really fun idea. exercise. Yeah. 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 Super clever. Yeah. Blew yeah. My mind. But uh, mm-hmm. we uh, left off right at the point where we were about to start talking about containers. But uh, before we go into containers, if you want to add some more side notes. Would uh, you guys talk about like how to style the individual trees? Not, not really. Particularly because this is why I felt that that uh, forest planting episode should have more to it. Um, but I know in the past we've mentioned doing like when we were talking about showing trees, we were like, there's a part two coming. And then we just like moved on to a guest feature. This one yeah. merit, this one has the merit to be a, a multiple part episode series just because these forest plants to be so intricate. So yeah, yeah, styling each, each individual one. And I had said that usually whenever I have trees that are not individuals, I kind of like, like I had a, I, for instance, I had somebody bring a tree into the nursery today. It was an American hornbeam and it was really tall and, um, and it had inverse taper in one spot. It had muscling. I mean, American hornbeam has this beautiful muscling in it that, uh, that sometimes causes inverse taper at certain angles. And he had a few branches on it. He had a couple branches on the bottom and then mostly canopy type branches on the top tree was, uh, probably about a half inch around, but was probably somewhere around 24 inches tall. And I was like, dude, this is prime forest planting material but you just need like six other american hornbeams like this and then like that kind of brings us to your point mike is like how do you take that tree and prep it and style it to become a forest planting piece well um i mean there's a million different ways to style forests but one of the ways that i've always that i style most trees is uh and some people will you know say this is like not a great way to style trees I build just about every tree uh, still to this day on the rule of threes. You know, the old John Naka split the tree into three different parts. And when I approach a forest planting, um, I basically approach each tree as individual rule of threes trees. And so that's, you know, with consideration of doing, if I'm not doing some weird artistic style, but uh, rule of threes trees to me, basically, so for the viewers who don't know, is you're breaking the tree up into three different parts. And the bottom third has no branches. Middle third has left, right, and back, nothing to the front. And the top third has uh, branches growing 360. So now you have branches coming to the front, branches going to the back, and branches going to the sides. And so a lot of people think, oh, well, that's just going to make a pine tree. But the rule of three says nothing about the orientation of the branches, only their position on the trunk. And Mm -hmm. all it says is that you have to make a three-dimensional tree. And so for me, uh, when I'm styling multiple trees, I look at the height of the tree. So first I, I do the thickest tree is going to be the tallest tree. And so that height is basically going to set the rule of threes for that tree, a third, a third, a third. And so 
your thinnest tree is going to be your shortest tree. That's going to have a smaller section of a third, a third, a third. And now here's where things get really crazy is when you add them all together, they'll actually end up making usually, especially if you've done it right, is a rule of threes tree as like a whole silhouette. So you'll have kind of a bare portion of the first few trunks. Then you'll start having openings to the front that slowly lead up higher and higher and higher until it gets very, very dense in the top. And you'll kind of have this like almost overall scaling triangle, this overall kind of um, rule of three styling, even though they're all individually styled that way. So it's, um, I don't like what I don't like is just grouping a bunch of trees together and just, you know, topiary pruning them into a shape and just mm. that's going to be they're going to be what they're going to be you know i i like to put some intent everything in the work i do has an intent behind it how uh how do you feel about like i've been experimenting with this a little bit and some of my forest plantings i've created recently where there's like that one scapegoat kind of feeling tree that you have all these trees with similar traits like let's say like group of uh bald cypresses all skinny tall uh, canopy tops are, are pretty dense, like you said, and like a nice 360 on top. And then you get the proportions that come down and kind of give you layers to the whole canopy, right? Mm -hmm. And then you got this one scapegoat tree that did something weird. Like maybe it got struck by lightning, maybe it fell over slightly, or maybe oh, yeah, it split. I love that. Yeah. So how do you build that into the design? That's something well, that I've been experimenting with a little bit. Well, I think, I don't think that, that you can, I don't think you can put a, uh, I don't think you can put like a rule to that. I think that what you're explaining is like the the quality of finding that that unique element that's going to be unique to every tree, you know. And so it's the minute you start reproducing that result. So the minute you start making every forest have a tree that's a little slightly cocked over like it fell over, well now that's just as contrived as if they're all sitting in a line. Mm. You know, the the element is it's cool when it's done originally and it's done like the first few times and stuff like that but then each tree each forest like i like carmen's idea honestly the tossing of the coins that's really cool because you're not gonna easily replicate the same thing twice and mm -hmm. um and to me especially as i've aged in bonsai so i was just talking about rule of threes and all that uh, that's especially with forests that's very very good to start with when you're you're a beginner or an intermediate but now, especially after seeing some of the the growth that I saw in California is like, you know, exploring different forms for forests, abstract forms um, is really, really cool. And I think, you know, there's no, unfortunately, there's no teachable way to teach that. You, that's why I'm a I'm big advocate of learning the, the hard rules first and kind of, it's I liken it to learning how to paint. Like if you wanted to learn how to paint, you're probably not going to go to a painting class and just be told to paint whatever you want. You're going to be told to paint whatever the subject matter is, and then you're going to develop the skills to paint whatever you want to paint in the future. And that's the same thing with bonsai. I think like having these rules and having these, these disciplines and learning those first is really, really helpful to then be more abstract later. Yeah, I totally agree. And I think um, the rule of three planting, um, sorry, I'm just interrupted. Um, the uh the rule of threes for forest plantings is probably like the simplest way i've ever heard it put because i, I if i was trying to tell somebody how to prune a forest i don't know really where to start but i think the rule of the 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 rule of threes is like that makes a lot of sense especially when you're first starting especially if you're using some deciduous material 
um yeah that just that just makes sense on it kind of it really simplifies it um and i totally agree i don't like when forests are just kind of hedge pruned it you don't get the kind of canopy movement um and a lot of times that'll just cause problems with your trees um you know reverse taper and all that stuff kind of towards the top um as time goes on um and then the other thing that i was thinking about too that we do a lot especially with uh the maples and the other deciduous is we always want that first tree to be significantly taller than the others and not like ridiculously so but because it's often you know surrounded by all these other trees its lower branches can get shaded out so by giving that a little bit more height it allows that trunk to stay really thick and it allows some of those lower branches it allows it to have enough branching for it to stay as like the the main tree of the whole composition so a lot of times we'll let our you know, our center, tree, our, our number one tree, or sometimes even our number two tree just run for the season. And then, you know, in the fall do more of a cutback. Well, you know, during the summer pruning, we'll, we'll cut everything, but we'll let that number one or number two tree run if we need it to, you know, stay stronger, um, grow more branching, whatever. Yeah. I, I actually, it's funny that you say that because it's never anything that I mean, I've always known that the largest tree should, the fattest tree should be the tallest and so mm-hmm. on. But, but you saying what you just said, uh, I just experienced uh, mm-hmm. on a forest planting recently and the main tree, you know, this huge giant tree uh, was rising out of the forest, but it was like a, a lollipop, you know, it was like mm-hmm. all the foliage mm-hmm. was like, you know, way, way, way high up on the tree. And that would have been fine. Yeah. I think if like every tree looked similar but mm-hmm. every other tree around it had like full low branches and different yeah. shapes that it didn't match. You know, it was like mm-hmm. this powerful one tree with all the branches to the top and it just looked a little awkward. So mm-hmm. I was wondering how that had happened and I didn't really even correlate that all that extra growth around it, you know, those yeah. low branches being tucked away in there got shaded mm-hmm. out. So that's, uh, that's pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. I found that really helpful, especially, um, when you know your your main tree is starting to the other trees are starting to catch up in girth and it's like wait a second how do i keep this tree from (laughs) disappearing into the crowd um yeah and a lot of times too i found because the you know the root masses it's kind of centered and so the other root masses maybe have more space and it gets a little bit choked out sometimes it just needs a little bit more yeah a little bit more top growth to keep it going that's cool yeah. Yeah. I want to study more forests. I want to go like one of the things I really liked, uh, one of my favorite artists, Min Lo, um, he writes always when you read his book or when you read his articles, he always talks about when he travels and he's invited to travel, he takes lots of pictures and studies mm-hmm. these pictures of the trees. And, mm-hmm. um, and he's created many one of a kind bonsai that, you know, will never really be replicated again, you know, unless people are going to try to mimic that and turn into a style. Um, And he bases these off of structures that he's seen in the wild, which I think is really like the highest form of bonsai is you get Mm -hmm. to the point where there isn't really a form, you know, you are making one of a kind trees. And, um, and I, I, yeah, I really respect that. And so I want to study more. I want to kind of see more, inspiration like the redwoods that was a a big 180 you know that was a big change for how i interpreted trees so yeah for sure well uh 
How about a little sidebar, guys? Hey. Hey. Hey, hey. Hey, hey, hey. Um, so we did this kind of goofy thing in the previous episode where we just started suddenly talking about Futurama. And I thought that was kind of interesting. So okay. uh so we're yeah, so another happy. episode hasn't come out yet. It hasn't even been a week and we're podcasting again. I can't wait. but the sidebar uh little segment that i want to start doing uh it was just break away from boneside for just a moment and we can talk about some other stuff that's just adjacent or things that we enjoy some fan servicey type stuff you know what i mean Mm -hmm. Uh, Mm um so i got a little question for you guys what what kind of music do y'all like to jam to while y'all working on boneside oh man oh god that a trick question sometimes lately like probably some like real sad boy no, I don't know. No. I'm, no, I'm kidding. Not really. I'm just teasing. Uh, no, I like, I like, uh, I don't know. I like all sorts of stuff. I really, I mean, you know, I like like synthesizers and stuff. So I don't know. I'm down with whatever. Like some like deep house. I think yeah, we've had sometimes, this sometimes I, I do that. Sometimes I do like, uh, you know, 90s. Sometimes I do, uh, I like um dinosaur jr a lot mm, uh, like mm. all sorts of stuff so yeah man. you know it, it just depends i like a lot of hip-hop i do yeah. like hip-hop a lot yeah i have a little bit of hip-hop i get into uh for the listeners that didn't oh, know mac miller yeah i forgot yeah mac miller mac, Miller's dog. mac miller in there really quick <laughs> yeah for listeners that are not aware mike actually uh produced the opening and closing track of this podcast so it gives you a little bit of insight into mike's mind Yes, it's, <laughs> it's don't go there. What was the dinosaur one you said? Dinosaur, dinosaur Junior. That's what I thought you said. This is very helpful because I need new music, so I might. Like, <laughs> yeah, we were talking about this earlier today, Carmen. <laughs> yeah, I couldn't yeah. remember. Oh. Yeah, I couldn't you, remember who like, Evan it, had played for me. So if you like hip hop, listen to Mac Miller. He's like the best of our. I like him a lot. He's one of my favorites from this era. One I don't do friends. a lot of hip hop, but I will give it a try because I I need something. He's he's pretty classy, you know. Especially his last album was pretty cool. One of my good friends that also likes that style of hip hop likes uh, ASAP Rock. Mm-hmm. Um, ASAP Rocky, yeah, he's awesome too. Yeah, uh, we were talking earlier. Me and Carmen, we mentioned she had mentioned what's that instrumental band that you listened to? I don't know if that was the right one. Maybe it was. No, it but is. I find the it, album cover that I had been looking for. Uh, that that one has a cow on the front of it. It's like a cattle. Oh, is it a cow? Yep. It's like a, it, well, it's like Japanese, so I don't know what it is, but uh, yeah, that band was, that was something that I just discovered by chance by listening to a lot of math rock and a lot of like post-rock stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and they tie into, I mean, they are a Japanese, uh, they're called Toe. T-O-E. Toe. Yeah. And you can find them on Spotify where you also, you can find this show. If you're listening to our show, just okay. go there and listen to uh macklemore is that right did i say it right don't forget to subscribe and toe and yeah subscribe to our channel would be great thanks thank you carmen <laughs> but uh yeah like toe is really dope like i really get into stuff that doesn't have a lot of like you say hip-hop whenever i hear a song that's got like a lot of lyrics going on and a lot of driving uh driving bass and, and rhythm like that it kind of takes away from what i'm doing uh but then i say that and i'll get into like blast heard what you listen to and i'm like yeah. wait a second evan where's your-, <laughs> where's your mind at yeah like i'm also like an emo kid from like early 2008 so That's what i'm saying like, sad boy stuff yeah, That's, yeah like, yeah. like yeah. blast beats like i'm talking like some new stuff like uh 
like uh, oh like avril lavigne oh yeah dude she she's got so Ugh. many blasty beats in there and so many bass <laughs> drops makes the windows shake no uh you know, stuff like like uh you're pretty straightforward uh like he's knock- just a skater boy i was gonna do that <laughs> oh man yeah no okay so everything i was gonna say all the music that go i was gonna, was gonna mention <laughs> <laughs> where's my uh black and white striped gloves um but no uh yeah i, I can get into some stuff like uh there's more modern hardcore metalcore stuff like knocked loose um is you know kind of my jam and then like every time i die like like hard hitting kind of like post-punk metalcore influence kind of stuff like that every you once in a while you introduced me to what was it doom folk oh, oh doom folk doom. is so good uh wow. yeah uh chelsea wolf is yeah. doom folk and like, Do you like doom sleep americana sleep Do is less, dope yeah. sleep is so good yeah. they got that one album that's just one song dope also there's a <laughs> there's a band called dope don't listen to them they're terrible but you sleep, should listen to Clowncore. Oh Dude, no, cla- Carmen, no, don't listen to Clowncore Carmen. Is it is that the glitch? Like the it's, uh it's actually it's two really, really great yes. musicians that uh, actually listen to Clowncore. I've listened to a lot of the stuff they are. Yeah, dope. it's really good. Yeah, okay. but yeah, but Carmen, I don't know. Maybe no. <laughs> I don't know. Evan we're, Evan we're, has heard what I listen to, so uh do you like it, Evan? Well, I when, whenever I was like asking her when I was up at there, I was up at the the garden with her and i was like what do you want to put on she's like you like lindsey sterling and i was like Man, <laughs> i love yeah. lindsey sterling Lindsay Sterling's great <laughs> yeah. uh, but that kind of tells you like the the vibes and i was like i'm about to put on some you know some heavy stuff there's gonna be some harsh vocals um my favorite is when michael's like oh what are we listening to now and i'm like taylor swift <laughs> he's like i like it i'm like <laughs> I, I was over there uh working on a tree and i put on deftones and like some of their like he- like heavier darker stuff and michael it was, was a lot michael walks in and he's like this is really visceral stuff man i was like <laughs> that's funny i was like well, that's not here <laughs> little known little known fact and he would maybe kill me if i if he knew i was saying this but our first Uh-oh. few road trips together with eric we listen to a lot of Lady Gaga and stuff like that. I mean, Eric, Eric Weiger you know? loves Lady Gaga. There you go. Well, I don't know anymore. I don't know if he'd admit it, but back then, you know, <laughs> he he we listened to a lot of pop stuff. It's a deep cut. I like that. Yeah. You gotta throw some of it in there. I mean, and that's not all I listen to. I listen to other things. Mm, I don't know no, how to describe not, we're it. Not, we're not picking on you. I'm just yeah, I'm whatever. just kind of like borderline history over here with it. So don't worry about it. <laughs> <laughs> proud of taylor swift she's doing great job she anyway i also like like the decemberists they're my favorite band overall there you so go. Like, there's your hipster band yeah yeah yeah. <laughs> yeah there's your flannel band yeah um but no yeah music's great. i always hope i'll run into them at the portland airport maybe someday yep. yeah they they're like literally there and they, it's where they mm-hmm. travel out of all the time yeah yep that's cool mm-hmm. i've never met like a really popular band member of a band nor I. I've met a few bands, but they were always like either locals or they were just like some band oh, that no. I liked on just Spotify like that had a couple of thousand, or... couple thousand hits. I'm like, dude. And they're like, yeah. And I'm like, oh, wait, I'm not cool enough to hang out with you. So, <laughs> um, but yeah. Music's, yeah, music's a good time, dude. Y'all should listen to it while y'all work on Bonsai. It's, it's a great yeah. time. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> But, we should uh, cover what podcast we listen I to. Met, um, I met uh, one time. Have you guys ever heard of the band Pepper? No. Um, that's very The familiar. reggae band? 
Yeah, they're like a, a reggae band or whatnot. But one time I uh, we saw them live. And uh, after the show, you know, I go to bed at 9 o'clock. So they were basically wrapped up. Same. They're no longer, they're they're old too. So they're no longer the opener. So they I went to see them. So they were done at 9. So we're leaving the venue. And we're going behind the venue. And some drunk guy comes walking up with no shirt on. And he's like, hey, did you guys enjoy the show and i'm literally like ready to tell this guy to leave us alone and all of a sudden he starts like singing to us and the girl I, uh the friend that we were with um she noticed that it was the lead singer and she's like oh hey you didn't sing my favorite song and yeah so the guy that i thought was some bum with no shirt on was actually the lead singer of the band coming up to us yeah yeah think before you react that's, yeah well you never that. know i don't know he seemed very homelessy and yeah you know, like one of my one of my favorite stories just very similar like that we were at uh we we're down in new orleans we went to this small little bar venue and we're uh into this band me and my wife uh like yacht a lot and so you know like kind of like dance pop kind of rock style um and uh we were there and we had actually brought our my uh my brother-in-law along we walk up to uh to the merch booth and and uh, my wife's like, that's that's her. That's the lead singer of Yacht. And I was like, oh, no way. That's cool, man. And my brother-in-law walks straight up and he goes, hey, how's it going? Uh, you selling some merch? And, sh and and she's like, yeah, yeah. How's it going? You having a good time? He's like, you uh, you like work for the band or something? Like, that's just like those, those genuine like <laughs> like moments, you know? <laughs> like, yeah, I was like just that. like, I was like, you know, palm face, like, you know, that, but yeah, just you never know who you're going to talk to. Like, so... It's been mm -hmm. fun. But uh but yeah, let's uh let's get back into it. Y'all ready to talk some more? I, uh, some I wanna more know what our song? what our listeners listen to. So yeah. uh, oh. on the Discord, let us know or on Instagram or wherever. Just let us let us know yeah. what you're listening to because we always need new music recommendations. We need or to podcast make, recommendations on I Spotify. Listen. We need to make like a uh, little things for boneside people podcast playlist and yeah. then we'll just jam it. It's gonna be so chaotic. It's gonna be yeah. all over. Oh yeah, it's gonna be a disaster. <laughs> Uh, I think it sounds fun now. Um, but yeah, so let's talk about uh containers. We have some listener questions that are kind of like uh ready for like towards uh when we start wrapping, but it's uh something we I thought that we missed out on that was pretty key to forest plantings for bonsai forests was uh like what do you choose container wise? What's what's appropriate and what can you get away with with forest plantings? I've seen some pretty crazy stuff out there, but uh, well, what's typical? Well, um, you see, what's popular nowadays is like stone and natural landscape slabs and things like that, and uh, carved out rocks. Um, but I mean, I'm I don't know if I I want to say I'm old school or traditional or whatnot because I know they've been doing that for a long time. But for me, a big part of bonsai is the container culture, and it's the mm -hmm a big part of the joy that I get out of it is like adding patina and aging a container, you know? And so if I, I don't know, I, I just, I tend to be very simple. I'm a basic bonsai bro. And I just, uh, I want my trees in containers that are, you know, shiny glaze or unglazed that will gain patina over time, preferably by some artisan maker. And, uh, and I'm just weird like that. You know, I just like that, that, that they go hand in hand like that and that they age together. Mm -hmm. And, um, 
I do see the beauty. And if I had a sweet, if I had a sweet, like carved out stone, I'd probably use it. But I think like still my core is, is, um, and even in my core, as much as I like forests, um, I'm still like a, a one tree guy, one trunk guy, kind of, I like to put one trunk in a classic bonsai pot and that's kind of more my style. And it's not to say that it's better. It's just, it seems to be what I'm better at. And it seems to be what I understand a little better. And I, I enjoy doing more, you know, mm-hmm. um, even larger trees. I've realized I don't, uh, same with forests is I look at larger trees the same way where, yeah, I can do them, but I don't, it's almost like it's too much for me. I like the, the smaller stuff where I can kind of, uh, I don't know how to word it. It's just, uh, it's not so overwhelming, you know, mm-hmm. it's like, it's take smaller bites. Right. You don't want to spend 40 hours pruning one tree. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I mean, uh, that's it is I like to, you know, especially nowadays with traveling so much is I've I've gotten rid of all my big trees, gotten rid of every single one Mm because I can't, there's no point in having them when I can't, you know, put the work I need to into them. So yeah, totally. Yeah. Personal preference. That's fair. Yeah. Yeah. I think with um, forest containers, kind of the guidelines overall are like long low and shallow Mm -hmm. so whether you're using a slab or a container or whatever um usually it's a pretty minimal you know Mm. soil mass in comparison to the tree um where that differs though i'm thinking of michael hagedorn's big hemlock foresty clump thing i don't know that i don't know if you would classify it we talked about this tree a little bit last time evan mm-hmm. i don't know if it would be classified as a, a clump or a forest um technically but it's in a it doesn't have a pot it's it's on a slab and it's one of those mounded mossy land mass things so um and that works but usually mm-hmm. you don't see that much you know soil with a forest so i think it's just based on the size and the balance, you know, to balance out the weight of the trees up top. Um, but yeah, generally speaking, it's long, low, shallow, um, glazed or unglazed, depending on your species. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. The, that's a, that's a, you brought up a great point though, Carmen. And I wondered if we've even t- touched on this um, in the last episode or this episode is the, I don't know if you'd call it the altitude or the the mm, height that the trunks sit up. in the pot, mm-hmm. uh, you know, based on like first tree, second tree, third tree. And um, they're they're not flat in the pot. Right. You know, the first mm-hmm. tree, if you think physiologically, the first tree's roots would be pushing up and would push that up the highest. And so it would be mounded higher than the other trees. Yeah. And so usually you kind of like mound soil accordingly based on the size of the trunk and root mass. And mm-hmm. so um, that's something that also forests, are, I remember they were sold to me as that would be your magnum opus, that that would be, if you were doing a forest, that would test all of the skills you've learned hmm. up until yeah. that point. And, um, and I do yeah. think that's very true because you were playing with multiple body languages of the tree. So you have to deal with attitude, altitude, uh, you know, pitch, um, mm-hmm. harmony. I mean, you, you, then there's other elements like stones that ferns, mosses, mm-hmm. uh, multiple species. Like if you want to mix in a small maple or some other small tree, there's just so many nuances to forest plantings that it really is, um, 
arguably, in my opinion, probably the most difficult, you know, especially in, in my, in my practical knowledge, it's the most difficult. Mm. So, um, definitely will exercise the most technical skill. That's a lot to take in, especially considering the, the usual content of this, of this show talking about like beginner type stuff and how to get in, into this and kind of different approaches to it. Like forest plantings are definitely not something that you just jump on to this. What, what we're kind of collecting here from the three different experiences no, that we're having. And everybody, everybody should go. It's not to say that, that you can't like wing it and get through it. I mean, mm -hmm. it, it was one, when we first did bonsai forest was one of the styles, like Eric used to be, he'd have a beginner class, an intermediate course of a series of classes, and then an advanced class. And to kind of get through the intermediate classes, you'd have to take a forest class and you'd have to pass the forest class, be able to make a forest. Hmm. And, um, you know, most people can get through it and can do it. It's, it's not that it's so unapproachably hard that people won't be able to kind of get through and make a forest in their beginning years. It's to do it well and get it right and hone in and remember to do all the little things that you need to remember to do and get it perfect. <laughs> little things. It's the it's little right, thing. The little things. It's all the little things. So in forest in bonsai, Eric always taught me this too, is that little details matter matter. And especially in forests, there's so many little things, little details that mm -hmm. um it takes a long time to remember them all and execute them during the act of making the tree. So especially when you're under pressure, I mean, when you're, you're doing it in a demo and you got to remember all the steps that you need to do to do a forest. Um, yeah, it can be, it can be trying, but it's not to say that you won't get all the trees in the pot. It's not to say that you won't get them in some semblance of a forest. It's not to say that they won't grow healthy. Mm. It's just those nuances and, getting it to where you would be like, okay, I'm confident to now, you know, do these time and time again, that will take a while. It's a tough, tough thing. It's not definitely once you do your first one, you'll be like, all right, I'm going to take a little break on forest for a while. <laughs> yeah. Because yeah, the struggling, we didn't even mention the the tie down methods and Ooh. all the other stuff that you have to do all the, you know, if you're working with a stone slab, all the drilling, all the holes that you might have to drill, all the yeah. epoxy oh, wires you can put. really talking the, me uh, out of this. Yeah. What about the <laughs> what about making a grid? Has anybody talked about making the grid out of trash? Really like the grid's awesome. Forests. I'm gonna go there. <laughs> if I can take the grid for like just kind of take the lead on explaining that one, because I think I understand it. From what I'm seeing is the grid, you build a grid out of uh, chopsticks, you tie them together, they go on the bottom of your pot, and you can make it as intricate intricate or, or as or as and too shaped to the, the force that you need it to. And then you can actually yeah. tie the trees onto the extra chopstick pieces. So the chopstick serves as almost like an extension of a Nabari root system that you need to tie to. Correct. Mm -hmm. Or you use it, or you use that to add add lots more tie-ins so like if you have a pot where you have um two, two holes. drain holes <laughs> yeah <laughs> two drain holes and uh that's when the grid comes comes in handy but even making the grid takes 
you know, uh, like when we were doing it for the demo, I had to literally, as soon as I saw we were doing a forest, I'm like, okay, while you guys are talking and like doing your meeting setup, I'm going to be making the grid, you know? Mm -hmm. And, uh, cause all the time I needed all that time to make sure that I'd get the grid done. I needed to be done before I started the demo. That was imperative. So there's a lot of steps that go into it and, and it's not to talk anybody out of it. It's just to prepare them that, you know, some guys, what, what, what I really, and I, I almost lost it uh when i heard there was an instructor somewhere and i don't know who it was but i had a student tell me that they were watching a video and they were basically like do a forest in 20 minutes and no. i was like <laughs> i was like no don't do it for it and so she's telling me she's like i think you make it too hard and i'm like oh my god I don't, no. slow I don't down think so. yeah. you can do it in 20 minutes it's not bones eh? that's what i said i said there is no way he's doing all the right steps in 20 minutes there's I'm... no way so but yeah good i can plant uh... 20 trees in 20 minutes you know sure. into a pot yeah. Into into separate pots, but putting them all. Yeah, like, I mean, like you give me nursery soil. You give over. me nursery soil and some seedlings, and I'll stand them all up in a pot. There you go. <laughs> uh, but yeah, let's let's move on to. Uh, we had a, a, a listener question. Yeah, and it was directed right at Carmen. Uh oh. Yep. Uh oh. Shots fired. Uh, <laughs> no, it's um, it was based off of a face, a uh, not Facebook, a Instagram, Instagram reel that you yep. made. Don't correct me. I know what I'm talking about. Oh, I think Instagram I know this one. Is that the dead, deadwood peeling? Yes. Yeah. The question came in from Taylor Peacock. He asks a lot of questions, but keep them coming, man. Thanks, we, Taylor. We need all the, the patrons to just jump on and start asking questions. I want a whole episode of patron questions. At He says, at what point should one should one stop creating deadwood features on a juniper? I assume <laughs> branches. <laughs> That's a great question. That is a great I'm question. I'm laughing because... Wait, there's oh, more there's more okay. i assume branches will need to be grown to a desire desired thickness before turning them into gin but what about shari should this be started in early development or left for the refining stage so yeah that oh, that man. first part sounds like just like you know pretty when crazy. you stop when do you, you stop, stop? You stop when um, you have to start wearing a wrist brace because you do too much carving um, or when your teacher tells you that you've been spending too much time on it. Um, I tend to, <laughs> I really like carving Deadwood. So I tend to like hyper-focus on it and I could sit there with tweezer all day and like, like just peel, 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 peel because yeah. you get some really, really cool um, textures and just really neat Deadwood. But um yeah, so you want to, I mean, consider what you're doing with your tree. I was working on a juniper and junipers in particular, you know, have a lot of deadwood, gin and chari on them. So um, a lot of times when we're developing junipers, what we do is create movement with our, like, so we're not actually planning what the tree is going to look like, right? We're just growing it to create options for ourselves. So, you know, we're we're trying to get a lot of young branching on it. Um, anything that, you know, is too long or too thick, sometimes we'll throw a wire on it anyway, so that we can eventually turn it into gin or shari or something, um, so that it has some interesting movement to it. It's not just straight. Um, so a lot of times we'll start a shari, um, in the late summertime and, you know, just kind of really keep it thin, um, and then let it you know, kind of heal up and then over the next couple of years, widen it, widen it. 
until it gets to where we want. With a gin, I mean, you're essentially killing off the whole branch, so it doesn't really matter. Um, <clears throat> you know, if you can do the whole gin at once, and it's better to do it when the branch is still, you know, like you just killed it off, so it's still kind of wet and malleable, because otherwise it's really hard to carve dry dead yeah. wood, but it's really easy to mm. carve, you know, wood you've just killed off. So um, these kind true. of, yeah, these kind of just become projects that, you know, you, you do a couple gins, <clears throat> you know, when you feel like it and there have been gins that I've, you know, ripped off and made smaller, or just gotten rid of. So it just kind of depends on what you're doing <laughs> with your tree. But um, classic Carmen, it kind of depends. Yeah, it's like, oh, that's too long. I'm going to rip off this thing I spent four hours on last year. Yeah. It doesn't work. And I'll spend that's sponsored. That's, yeah, that's, that's what you do. It. Yeah. So I don't know if that answers the question. Um, yeah, and when do you, oh, when do you stop? I, I, I guess I'll just say, like, figure out how much deadwood you want. And I don't know that you can overdo it because it's cheaper. And well, I mean, okay, oh, well, uh, you can overdo yeah. it. I'll say that. Yeah. 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 But, like you can have kind of a lot of deadwood on a juniper. Yeah, no, I, I didn't mean overdo it as far as the amount of deadwood. I have overdone it by like overshooting yeah. how much to carve. Uh -huh. And like where I started with a big, nice piece of deadwood. And as I keep going, I'm like, that looks pretty good, but just a little more. Yeah. And then I keep going and I'm like, okay, well, now I messed up that line. So let me just mm -hmm. go a little more. And then whittling it end down. up with, yeah. And you're like, you end up with like a third of the deadwood that you had. And you're like, uh oh. Yeah. And so, um, there is so there is like a point where, you do have to kind of, and uh, not you. I'm not saying you. Well, no, I know it's I'm saying, general. You in general, um, there's a point like I think where you do have to like be happy with it, you know, because mm -hmm. I I've done so many times. I will say, especially any time I've ever taken a power tool to a tree, and this oh, is yeah. my own personal preference, I've regretted it. Mm -hmm. And um, and so uh, and you can't put that wood back. And no. so it's uh, it take a, as much time as you need to carve it out piece mm -hmm. by piece, look at it, live with it, carve it a little more, look at it, live with it mm -hmm. and, uh, and take your time because I, I have so many trees in the past that I have uh, carved on and not been happy with the results. So the, yeah. I like Carmen's way of peeling wood. <laughs> I mean, my favorite. it's kind of oh. slow, but <laughs> it's one of those things with bonsai too, like we were talking about learn the technique before you take your liberties with it so we do a lot of hand carving right you know with with hand tools and i think that gives you a real feel for the wood and what it's supposed to look like and how it reacts to different right. pressures so that at some point you know i'm sitting there thinking oh god this would be so much easier with a dremel and yeah like use that to a point but then go back in and remove right. those and tool remove marks that, by yeah. hand so like um i definitely recommend at least trying it by hand because it's sure it's so fun I, and the other thing I'd add on, on that, I, I always uh, believe in what the shari is. Mm -hmm. um, I've done it uh, numerous ways. Like I've started them really, really young. Mm -hmm. And I've also started them as like long strips. And I think mm -hmm. what I've, I've really honed in on and what I, I think works the best is opening up small windows early on the tree. Like maybe mm -hmm. once it gets to like pinky size thickness and let those close. And I talk with Seth a lot about this and, um, you let them close, and what that does is lays a new layer of wood down. And so one of the, the critiques of creating shari on young trees is that the wood's not going to last like it does on old trees. 
Mm -hmm. You have a young tree with loose deadwood. And so to simulate old deadwood, you're basically allowing that shard to close numerous times and reopen. And each time you do, there's a new layer of grain that's been laid down. Mm. And, uh, and so you're opening it up ever wider, ever wider, ever wider. And so each time it's healing and you'll start getting that, that wide ribbon, like cross section, but at the same mm -hmm. time, your deadwood's not so bland and flat, you know, you have yeah. a lot of layering in it and mm -hmm. you also have a lot of density to it. So, um, so I believe in starting the Shari early with small windows and mm -hmm. trying to heal it as many times as you can and reopening it as many times as you can while you're growing the tree. Mm -hmm. um, it will limit future bends down mm -hmm. the road. Like you won't be able to hard compress it once you put Shari into it. But, mm -hmm. um, but I think like the Mezusui and like that thin ribbon, like build outs, a lot of times will offset that. So yeah, just my, 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 my experience is growing some of the deadwood mm -hmm. stuff. Yeah. And the other thing that I've, I've done before too, is if you have a piece that you know, has dried out, even if it's a year or two old, if you take like a wet rag and wrap it around that piece of deadwood um, for a while, it'll rehydrate it. So you can go Ooh. back and, and maneuver or manipulate it a little bit easier. Um, I've had idea. to do that on something before. It still doesn't work as well as doing it fresh, but um, it'll at least give you, you know, it'll still be easier than trying to chip away at something totally, totally dry. Oh, yeah, do you guys, do you guys want the best joke in the whole world? Yeah. What's okay. That? I have to say, so one of our students came up with this. This is not an original joke and I'm going to credit him. His name is Zach and he's hilarious. And, um, what did the dead would say when it ran into the gin? What? What would it say? Shari. It's really good. <laughs> it's, it's, it's like such like a dad joke. It's, it's fabulous. <laughs> Thank you, Zach. Now you're That's famous for your joke. joke. Yeah. Everybody knows it. Sorry. I think it's a really Sorry. good. I think it's a it's, really good punny joke it's, for. It's really yeah, great. That's really good. Yeah, I like that. What did the gin say to the? <laughs> what was it? What did the dead would? What did say the dead would gin? say to the gin? Or Sorry. what did the dead would say when it ran into the gin? That's good. Sorry. I I'll have to tell that to my classes. I'm gonna take all the credit, Zach. <laughs> it's gonna cause uh, like Zach a was making ovation. royalties. He'd be rich. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. We got time for uh, one more listener question uh, comes in from, uh, I can't remember who submitted it to on the Discord, but I'll kind of give like a description of where what it's pertaining to because I, I kind of see where this is, where it's going with it. Um, I can't remember the exact person that, that asked this question. Could this pot of tridents I have been, I have, wait, hold, stop. Could this pot of tridents... <laughs> have some good stock uh, to be a forest and uh they added it at me and carmen on the discord uh they've just started growing out and i tossed them together randomly which we talked about in the previous episode um, i'm planning to repot them in the next month or two obviously i would change the arrangement but as you said in this week's episode which would be the previous one there's a bunch of different heights and thicknesses so i'm thinking these could work well as a forest planting uh, and then he has a bonus question. What kind of pot would you recommend starting developing a forest in? This this was the this was the question I was really actually mm -hmm. trying to key in on here. Rectangle, he, nursery pot, straight into a bonsai pot, question mark. Uh, 
I I don't know. I I tend to like the deeper like rectangle or training pot first. Mm-hmm. How about an Anderson flat? Yeah, Anderson flat would be great. What is an Anderson flat? It's like a it's like a square or rectangular pond basket that's like four inches tall, essentially. So it's, oh, okay. it's got yeah. solid sides, but it's got like that mesh kind of bottom. Sure. So it keeps it low, but it's still deeper than a bonsai pot. Um, oh, but yeah. it kind of keeps your roots, you know, um, in check. Yeah, it, it lets your roots kind of like give the opportunity to set them on the ground. And if they want to grow through the bottom slightly, mm-hmm. then it gives them that room to grow. And I, uh, I like it better than a pot, like a true like colander. It's more of the pond yeah. basket where the sides are not open. So like you said, keeping the roots in check will keep them compact. But you do want the ability to let your, your roots run to a certain extent. I see the forest planting a couple of different ways when it comes to what container do we do a like a seedling grow out into a forest planting technique and i the the mesh like planting them closer to the to the mesh and then making sure that after some time after they grow through the mesh into the ground they will naturally swell above the mesh if you can catch it in time if they're not buried too deeply up where they have roots that are higher up on the trunk and Mm -hmm. you might be able to take advantage of that to start to get nabari and fusion and if trees are close enough to each other they might fuse together and give you some mm-hmm. really interesting stuff um so yeah like big the bigger the better honestly because you want those or roots make, to run wide and long or make a shohin forest just like group or, them all together and make a clone yeah. you can i mean cut, the way cut, it's if grouped, the trunks are good enough the way it's grouped in the photo i mean you could just keep it in that pot and you know make the initial cuts of you know the the one that's thickest keep it tallest and then you know vary your height based on the the width of the trunks and then just kind of grow it where it is at least for another year or so you don't have to repot it and you don't even necessarily have to take it apart but you could um i mean it's all really clumped together so it might end up fusing together more um becoming a big mass rather than context to the to the listeners that don't know the the image exactly it is like a it's just a square container full of young tridents that have just kind of struck and they're all random and different heights and different mm-hmm. lengths. And there's, I, I can't remember exactly how many are in there, but it doesn't really matter when we're de- developing the forest planting because we could always add or subtract later on. Mm-hmm. Um, side note on that, we were talking about growing out. Um, I had some acerubrum that I put into the top of a beehive box one time hmm. and uh, it was flat and rectangle shape is like perfect shape for like a forest planting container kind of shape and i put them in there and i just let them go i didn't do any came back and they were pissed and the bees were like what the hell man it's the top of my house <laughs> no uh no the uh yeah. the trees just kind of like did their thing and they like maybe a tree or two died but then they all started kind of like just fusing together by themselves because they're all like speech they're all the same species so they will mm-hmm. do this community thing and what happened there was actually really interesting because I didn't really have to do a lot of selection. It was kind of like so, like survival of the fittest a little bit. Mm-hmm. And then I took that out of the container because the container was probably about barely, it was like an inch deep, just about like top of a beehive. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I transferred that over to like a, a slab and it planted up beautifully. And um, I did some pruning here and there, but uh, because, it, because they had grown together for about two or three years and they were forced to grow compact and tight to each other. They actually slowed each other down in competition for water and nutrients. And they all, they all like reduced each other in leaf size and internode length. Naturally it was, Mm -hmm. it was a pretty cool turnout. 
Uh, so that's one way you could do it. But then also I would say too, is like, if think about like, if you're building a tree, you need to grow out your first branch to get some girth in there. And say you're building out your forest planting. You're like, this is my number one tree. Let that guy rip, let him get really, you know, get, get taller and, and, uh, and get some size to it and then cut it. But I always think that the best approach to making a forest planting is just have individual pieces that are always on the ready to create the forest planting. But, you know, there's there's all kinds of different ways as we've discussed over this two episode topic so yeah i will say you made a good point about them fusing together at this point i, I can't tell if they're if they've started to fuse or not so that might be something when you're taking them apart to just be aware of you know try to keep as much root as you can um and if they're fused just just be aware that you may end up losing one or two if they've fused kind of funny and you know, you have to make a cut that might not be ideal. So I am thinking for our bonsai word of the week, um, just so we can come to a close here and kind of talk about our weekly word that I challenge all of our listeners to try to use in a sentence amongst their friends that don't do bonsai. Um, oh, wait, wrong. Wait, no, that, wrong that's, word. A, that, no, that, that's a good word. I like this one. Uh, oh, okay. Kiki Kome. So Kiki Kome, what is it? Kiki Kome. What's that? Uh, it's to sever a branch or cut it short. It's one of the ways to shape a tree. It uh, also can what be called uh, Sinti. Uh, no, what Kiri Kome. Kiri Kome. Not Kiki Kome. Kiri Kome. It's the act in cutting a branch short. So it's what we have basically have talked about from like early episodes about like letting branch grow out really long and then cut it back to get like back budding on it. That's mm. basically mm -hmm. what Kiki Kome, uh, mm -hmm. I mean, Kiri Kome, sorry. I want it to be Kiki because I keep thinking of like Kiki's delivery service, but Kiri Kome. <laughs> Kiri Kome, okay. Kiri, Kiri Kome, yep. Have you heard of that word? I gotta go Kiri Kome some trees. No. <laughs> Mikey. No, but I do it all the time. Do it all the Same. time. something that we don't even realize we do. Yeah. So, Make sure that next every time day, you're hanging out with your boneside buds, say, uh, go do some uh, kirikome. You know, kirikome. you know what we do. <laughs> this rolls off the tongue. Mm -hmm. That's cool. Yeah. Uh, it does. But uh, yeah, so that will be our boneside word of the week. For our listeners out there that have listened this far into the show, and I know... There will be a, a quiz next week. Yes, there will be a quiz. So uh, I need you guys to go back and give me a light essay using all of the bonsai words of the week of the past 20 episodes. And then also mm -hmm. I need you to uh, give me a report of all the bonsai cuttings and the cuttings challenge that you guys took. Now, uh, oh, but we also want their music and your yes. music. You have a lot of homework, you guys. Yeah. Go into, uh, go to patreon.com forward slash little things for bonsai people become a $5 patron, it's, you know, it's like a five dollar foot, and long. you too can get not, homework. Not even five dollars for a, <laughs> for a foot long anymore. We're we're like inflationed out of it, but you could have a five dollar <laughs> long month long conversation to Discord chat with uh, with all the other awesome Boneside Best Buds, and uh, tell us y'all you know tell us y'all's uh, favorite music to listen to when you jam out, and you're working on your Boneside. We'd really love to know. And I'll, I'll go through and make a, a Spotify uh, playlist for. With, people's favorite jams if we don't have spotify you can listen to us also on google podcasts and also apple <laughs> podcasts you can subscribe amazon over music. there amazon music i think we're on amazon music uh sad news matt 
um, informed me the other day that Stitcher, one of my favorite podcasting apps, is uh, is going to shut down and sell out really soon. But oh, no. there, there are other podcast listening platforms out there. And so uh, just to put it out there, guys, um, go over to underhillbonesizestore.com. I've been trying to update the store best I can to get some better trees and stock on there, some tools and wires some cool stuff, you know, support uh, me and Underhill. For Carmen, you can go over to... Oh, um, yep. that's my cue. Uh, <laughs> you can check out <laughs> Sorry. the Purple Pot Society, which is our national bonsai, no, well national women's bonsai group <laughs> over at uh, thepurplepotsociety.org. Or you can check out my uh, personal Instagram at Becoming Bonsai, also on the Facebook <laughs> and the TikTok. Yeah. You have TikTok? Yeah. Nice. No way. It's not very good, but. I'm, I'm so old now. I can't even get a TikTok or hate. I could do a reel, but I, have I haven't the- made a reel in a long time. It's it's kind of the same thing. Yeah, yeah. they're the same. But uh, also, our my yeah, other, I just share my TikToks to the reels. So. My other amazing Sorry, host, go ahead. Mike Lane. Where can we check out your stuff, brother? Brother. Oh, you could go to uh, .com, uh Check out our upcoming classes. Um, view some of our products that we have in store. We're going to be listing um, probably some. Uh, small trees coming up like some cuttings and things like that so people can purchase uh some go. bluebells and stuff like that Ooh, bluebells um, are good yeah we're also uh probably what i'm gonna start doing is putting a listing up of like where i'll be uh showing up around you know different parts of the country so if people wanted to come to a workshop or something um they'd be able to find that information on the website so that? we'll be mike's, working on that mike's gonna have a tour uh, date listing on his website yeah like he's he's yeah. like in a band you know the ketsune yeah. project with mike lane <laughs> <laughs> yeah for people sure follow you around the country hey, Dude, you awesome. have some fish fans. i would love hey let's <laughs> we gotta do a, a little things tour one of these days yeah. oh it's coming it's coming that'd be cool it is coming yeah. yeah just uh if if we can build the following uh we will bring it oh my god what if we did that it'd be hilarious you know what else would be hilarious is if if all the patreon subscribers if they all came together and we got a big real bougie vacation <gasps> okay yeah okay That's what i'm thinking so we Let's might have to increase your subscription rate guys for a little while up to like ten dollars no i'm just kidding i'm yeah. kidding we'll we'll throw a pizza I'm party kidding. somewhere we don't need <laughs> vacations we take yes, enough we vacations. Oh, well, vacations from Bonsai? There ain't no vacations from Bonsai, Carmen. Silly. Bonsai's a lifestyle. That's <laughs> yeah, true. Vacations uh, just worry me. So, and uh, speaking of shows and stuff coming up, I'm sure everybody is very well aware of the uh, 8th National U.S. Bonsai Exhibition. What? Whatever you want to call it. Yeah, I, what is the national show? I will be there. Uh, we don't know if Carmen's going to be there. I will probably be there. Most... Maybe. More likely, kind of likely, but I heard that probably there's going to be some, there's going to be like a handful of Boneside Best Buds at the national show this year. And I am going to hang out with you guys and we're going to get some photos together. It's going to be really cool. We're going to throw I'm up these signs. Um, but yeah, we'll even try to see if we can like do something special with our, or with our Boneside Best Buds that Ooh. are at the show. That'd be some fun stuff. Um, That'd be really cool. Yep. And then, um, there's a, there's a couple of other things, but I we were talking about earlier before uh, we started recording. There's also a show coming up that I will also be at. Um, it's going to be 2024, May 3rd, 4th, and 5th. It's called Bonesai Central. It's a convention over in uh, 
St. Louis, Missouri. It's going to feature Andrew Robson, Bjorn Bjornholm, uh, Mary Heidick. Uh, I'm sure I didn't get that one. She has a really awesome name, but I can't pronounce. Um, Mario Stimberger, Tyler Sherrod, and Sherrod. Young Cho. Mm-hmm. Sherrod, sorry. God, man, this God. English for and sure. other... I don't even know. English Delicious language man. and other people's names are just made for me. Uh, but yes, that's an awesome lineup. That's dude, it really is. That's a great lineup. Uh, it's gonna bring in it to the, the best. They know the what Midwest. they're doing. Yeah, yeah. Their their slogan on here: "Bring in the best to the Midwest." Dude, you can put that on a T-shirt. If they put it on a T-shirt, I'm just yeah, gonna, that's good. I'm just I'm gonna walk <laughs> around with it on. But uh, but no, yeah, y'all check that out. That's that's gonna be coming up. That's I know that's a little ways away, but that gives you plenty of time to make it make some plans, get some trip uh, stuff together. Now. Uh, they're looking for trees. So if there's any people out there that have some bonsai trees ready, they want to get some trees in their show. Uh, they're looking when for is it. Uh, it's going to be, oh, well, I'll just say it again. Uh, May 3rd, 4th and 5th, 2024. Mm-hmm. I think so, that's like the week mm-hmm. before ABS. Ooh, wait. A- is, does ABS Because isn't ABS in May? Um, I don't remember. Is ABS a yearly show or is it is it uh, by? No, it's yearly. Oh, it's a yearly show. Okay. Mm-hmm. So yeah, we'll have to get some information I'm on the next ABS. <laughs> Brooding in the dark. <laughs> I was wondering, like, do you have a hood on or is? <laughs> I'm just hiding in the dark. <laughs> oh, oh wait, Mike's decided what is going on. Oh, it's oh, there this go. green screen went kind of weird. <laughs> um. But is there, there any uh, <laughs> is there any uh, conventions or anything in in Florida we should know about, Mike? That's coming up. Mm, no, not until May. Um, there's the one the state show that they're going to have. Uh, they always have it Memorial Day weekend. Okay, so yeah. nothing nothing crazy going on here. But you know what I've thought about doing is like, and I I don't know the logistics of all this, but I was tossing around the idea of. Like, you know, putting together a show or something like that and having an event um, next year or something like that. I don't know. What? Just something. I mean, Any I don't know. Of the this is like literally just. I'm listeners just got to about... the end of this episode are going to get some like juicy Mike Lane, like, like, like. Well, this I, is I was just tossing the spoilers. idea around. I'm like, I'm like, why not? You know, somebody else did one here, you know, a few years back. Uh, mm. Komarabe or whatnot, and they had a bunch artists and stuff like that so I, I haven't looked into the logistics of it but you know if that i could, could get cool. funding and stuff for that and and uh make it happen i mean i think that'd be cool to and i wouldn't even call it i'd call it a regional show you mm-hmm. know maybe we even do like a southeast show or something and because i think be one thing that would be be cool is one thing that's missing is more regional shows you know mm-hmm. there's yeah not not as many like winter silhouettes one you know mm-hmm. but there's not really any more than that that I know of that are going on on this part of the country. So, mm-hmm. yeah. So, dude, that this is all good stuff. We'll uh, we'll keep on checking in with different shows that might be coming up, different events. We'll try our best to kind of be almost like a news outlet. Um, yeah, we yeah. really should. Nikki. Yeah, but, have a list. But yeah, we'll 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 work through it. I mean, we got a lot of stuff going on. We are bonsai artists. We got to do all this stuff. We're busy. Yeah, we're busy a lot. Yeah, little trees attention. Yeah, we're but, we're busy. Anyway, very busy people. but I think that brings us to the end of episode 40 of little things for bonsai people, the podcast, I mean, 39, I mean, 40, this should be 41 in my mind, but episode 17. 40, 17, 40, 
whatever. So 40. yeah, yeah, this is forty. Um, not the movie. This is forty. That movie was that was okay movie. But anyway, thank you guys for listening to the podcast, and thanks for hanging out, Mike and Carmen. Yeah, thanks for having me. I'll I'll see you guys on the next one. Yeah, dude. Y'all Sounds have a, good. Y'all have a All great right. week. See you, Carmen. See you, Evan. All right. Bye. Peace out. Bye.